Wild Wild World listeners, listen, there's a creative wave moving through the Chicagoland area. Secure the bag, secure your belongings, secure your purpose. Discover your story with Only, spelled O-N-L-I. Only is a budding startup providing unique backpacks and athleisure to meet the modern fit. Check them out. Visit onlypacks.com or only underscore shy on Instagram for more information. Does I have a dream? Yeah. Yeah. Staggered by the winds of police brutality. You have been the veterans of creative suffering. The ballot or the bullet is to either ignore them or to deny them. And we stand together to win the war. Wild, 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 super wild world. What's up? We back. We took a little holiday break, but we're here in the, your earbuds coming straight from the wild, wild uh, internet. What do you used to put that WWW in front? Throw a real back on the age. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The world. What, what is that? What does it stand for? The worldwide internet web? Worldwide world web? web? Although I think I feel like it wasn't. That's not actually what it stood for. But yeah, yeah it probably stood for something more technical. But that's where we yeah. come from. We come from the, the interwebs into your earbuds for another nice episode of the Wild Wild World. Kellen, how are you feeling, man? I am feeling good. I'm so glad to be here today and to be with you all. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, for downloading, for subscribing, for uh, rating. And leaving comments, if you will. We appreciate you. We're glad to have you with us today. And I don't know why I'm talking like this. Dude, your your passion and your suddenly changing accent is amazing. Um, but y'all know where to find us, kingdomdreamer.com. Catch us on the Twitter yep. and everywhere else. You know, William R. Horn, H-O-R-N-E. Tell me at that government name. Oh, sorry. Kingdom Dreamers at Kingdom X Dreams and Kellen at old boy underscore K underscore R. Yeah, you you know nowhere else you can find us, Will. Tell tell us. You can find us find us on Random Lake, Wisconsin, man, because I'm slipping on that jolly good again today, man. Highlight us Random Lake. Jolly, jolly good. good, jolly good. Y'all need to show us some love still, jolly good. We're trying to reach out. Um, sipping on what flavor you got today, man? What flavor? Got that cherry. Got that cherry. cherry. Look, jolly good. If y'all listening, we need we trying to get up on that sponsorship. All right, highlight us. Yep. We you feel this. All 37 people in Random Lake. All 37. We feel a deep connection with Random Lake, so we can't let this bypass. So we'll continue to pester you until you hit us back. Some match made in heaven. Batman and Robin, Batman and Catwoman, Batman and the rest of the Justice League, Batman in leather suits. <laughs> so who's, ba- who's Batman in this relationship? I, I don't know, but Batman partners with everybody. You know what I'm saying? That's so- fair. He just fits in all these different random analogies I'm pulling up. Yeah, okay. And, and right. it's fitting because random late, you know? Let's go. I, I feel it, man. So Jolly Good, holla at us. Um, and y'all know where we're at. All the podcast airwaves. Hit us on Apple and Spotify, the big two, but we everywhere mm-hmm. else. Listen, download, subscribe. But let's get into it, man. It's been a, it's been a, nice, uh, a nice crazy week, man. It, it's crazy out here, truly. You really are crazy. Kellen, tell them how crazy it is out here. Man, it's been it's so crazy that we got our president ordering a thousand food food items that don't even exist. We got President <laughs> Trump out here ordering a thousand hamburgers. 
uh, for the Clemson football team. So, you know, in case you haven't seen, which you probably have, because, you know, while, while we're listening, I'm very up-to-date on what's going on in the news. Mm-hmm. Even silly news such as this, you know, the Clemson, Clemson Tigers football team defeated Alabama for the national championship about a week ago. You know, go ahead, do your thing, Clemson. Mm-hmm. Beat, that, beat the uh, the evil empire, even though Will's a South Carolina boy here. He's a South Carolina Gamecock fan, so he's going to hate on his fellow South Carolinians, yeah. even go though they're doing God's work. They're doing yeah. God's work taking down Alabama, but y'all don't care about that. What y'all care about is the fact that, for whatever reason, actually, very, very quickly, because usually it doesn't happen as quickly, but very, very quickly, um, uh, the Trump administration invited Clemson to come to the White House as they tip, you know, as presidents and administrations do. Right. But, you know, they invited these boys to the White House, and, you know, typically when that happens, you know, you have a meal, you want to dine them, you know, you shake hands, kiss babies, you know, make, but you make sure these kids eat well. You know, you got a hundred some players and coaches and all of that there. One little problem, though, Will, we're in the middle of a government shutdown. So you know what that means? We ain't got chefs, we ain't got caterers, all of that stuff. So your boy Trump, your boy, your boy, the, the orange one himself, decided to go, out, go ahead and tweet out that he is personally going to pay for food. Oh, personally? Yeah. And he's going to do that by ordering a thousand hamburgers. <laughs> that was hamburgers or something like that. No, according to him, they're hamburgers. Oh, or hamburgers. I'm sorry, hamburgers. That's hamburgers. <laughs> hamburgers. <laughs> yeah, that were eaten within an hour. So of course, we then got photo and video evidence of this. And literally, this man had laid out in White House platters boxes of Big Macs, mm-hmm. filet of fish, whoppers, fries in little cups, pizza. It was, well, it's hilarious. Well, in the video, you see them trying to like scoop a piece up with these fancy tongs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and they couldn't actually scoop the piece up. <laughs> I'm sorry, it was hilarious. And so you got these these huge individuals, these football players, just won the national championship, going to the White House, and your boy feeds them fast food. Well, that's crazy. I yeah, chicken nuggets and like silver plated with White House napkins. Like I don't. Dude, I don't even know what to think about it. Like, at first I thought it was actually a joke, like somebody trying to play a joke on Trump, and then when I found out it was real. Uh, it's still a joke. Yo, this makes no sense. No, like, my man literally went and ordered fast food, but not only did he get fast food, he got the lowest common denominator fast food. Look, I'm not hating. You know, I eat, you know, I will eat McDonald's or Burger King, Wendy's on occasion. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like anybody else. Sometimes you don't feel like cooking. Ain't good for you. But like, yo, man, you the president. You got, you not only the president, but you a president that have billions, millions and millions, billions of dollars or whatever. Like, instead of McDonald's, you couldn't have got five guys. You know what I'm saying? Instead of some Burger King chicken nuggets, which they supposedly had, you couldn't go to Chick-fil-A. Like Chick Fil A does platters. You couldn't have got some platters. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you, you couldn't have done something a little. Fat. You couldn't have got some Popeyes chicken and get got them some legs and some thighs, some spicy and some mild. You know, like you could, you couldn't have done even like the fast food that people like. He got the fast food that people be like, well, I gotta eat, and I guess it's here. You know what I'm saying? That's fast food. People actually be like, yo, I'm trying to go get up on some five guys. I'm feeding for a chicken sandwich. Let me go hit up Chick Fil A. Let me go to Popeyes. Like this stuff you bring home, and they're like, okay, let's eat. He got the stuff that's like, yo, well, it's here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He got, he got the lowest common denominator factor. I don't even know what to think about it because it's like, it's like low-key disrespectful in a lot of ways. Like, you I just want a national – you want it – bruh, you just won a national championship, right? 
And it makes me question why you invited him so quickly when you're in a government shutdown. Anyhow, that's, that's stupid one. But then two, like everybody's like, Oh, we're here at the white house and you're going to max out on some lukewarm, like big max. Like, uh, you, know, you know, you know, we didn't see on them tables. Well, we ain't see no heat lamps. <laughs> no, no, that's what I'm saying. So like this stuff is lukewarm at best, if not cold garbage food that, Supposedly you're being honored, like ah, it's just low key disrespectful. Like I don't even know. Like, let's. I, I feel like I want to break this down real quick, right? Because we, all of y'all here, you you know what it's like when you go to, especially this fashion. We're talking about uh, McDonald's, Wendy's, Burger King. When you get a burger, let's just say a burger or fries, cheeseburger or fries, right? All right, all right. They have some fillet of fish there too, which is really disrespectful. But <laughs> very disrespectful. If you go get yourself some McDonald's Burger King and say you don't eat it for like 15 minutes after that. You know, your burger, like you said, is lukewarm. It ain't really what, what you want it to be. Your right. fries at that point, they definitely not hot and crispy because, you know, even fast food fries can't be fire. But you got to eat them hot and fresh, right? This These dudes ordered it f- f- from these fast food places, had to then get it delivered, right? Or somebody picked them up and drove. Then, because it's the White House, I'm sure there's also security checks, right? Because you have this thing going on with Clemson, you got to make sure that you have the food there set up and everything, like, you know, well in advance before they get there. So they, you're supposed to meet them at, say, you know, four in the afternoon. You got to make sure you get you you got the food ready by, like, th- you know, 345 at least, right? Everything's right. set up good to go, so it's good when they come in there. So you're probably talking at least at the minimum 30 minutes before, you know, since the food was ordered. Not only that, but they also getting huge amounts of food. So you know how it goes. You know, McDonald's, they ain't sitting there taking, you know, all 100 burgers off the grill at the same time. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. sitting there uh, taking off the grill and all that at least 45 minutes before they consumed it. And that's garbage. That's nasty. I bet all of them dudes got the bubble guts. From being honored at the White House, man. Like like I'm saying, just like we was talking about this last night. You're saying, like, if you invite somebody over to your crib, you're like, yeah, we're going to have some food, and you have McDonald's and Burger King burgers, that's disrespectful just to some random person come over to your house to eat, man, mm-hmm. let alone go into the White House. I don't – I guess what I'm – I don't know how to even interpret this because it's so stupid. Like, is, <laughs> is it saying that Trump's too poor to afford real food? Is this like a a shot at Clemson that he's trying to take? Is this a shot at the government? Like, what is he trying to do? What's you know, the point? You know, he's what he said was uh, he likes anything as long as it's American. But like I said, man, look, you could have got some Five Guys. You could have got some real burgers. I mean, you could have got some buckets of chicken. Well, that's what I'm saying. So in that case, right, if this is supposed to be American food and this is supposed to be the American president, he really set our bar low for what American food is. Like, he said it terribly low. Like yeah, and, and what you said, like that's real. If your boys like, like you, hey, we got. I'm watching the game come through. I got food, you know. And you show up, and this box is a Big Macs and, and fish fillets in there, and and and, st- and stale fries. You looking at them like for real dog. But you know what's not gonna happen? If he got a bucket of chicken there from Popeyes, you be like, all right, cool, we good. You know what I'm right. saying? Let's eat. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? So he could he couldn't even do fast food, right? That's what's crazy right now. For he real. couldn't even do fast food right. For real. That's, that's our president, Will. Uh, and it shows you how easy he lies, too, right? At first, he's like, I got 300 hamburgers here. And then a press conference, right? I bought 1,000 hamburgers. And it just keeps going up, man. Like, it's all bogus, man. I just don't even. It's so stupid. I'm yeah. So stupid. <laughs> hey, but it's entertaining. 
Dude, so like, think about this though. Think about this, like 20, 20 years from now, 25 years from now, you know, you got kids sitting like, is this going to be in the history books? Like reading in school? <laughs> like, can you imagine coming across this, bro? Like, what is yeah, that even? be in the Wikipedia page. <laughs> oh, for sure. It's going to live on the internet forever. But I just, man, this is so dumb. So that is crazy out here, man. That is it's real crazy out here. That is, that's next level, man. But look, we, we got to move on because every time I think about this, I laugh. So we got to move on because I rant on this for the next 30 minutes. So uh, one of the other things that popped off this week, though, as of the last few days, um, was Gillette's. Gillette, the, the, the razor company, the best a man can get, they dropped a, uh, a commercial. I wouldn't even call this a commercial. Let, let's just be real. This is this is a marketing campaign because this thing was two minutes long, right? Yeah, you yeah. don't run a two minute long commercial. Um, they dropped this two minute long commercial, um, essentially saying, uh, you know, their slogan is "the best a man can, can get," and I think it said something like, "Is this the best that we can be?" Um, and essentially, the commercial showed a bunch of, I guess, men behaving badly and boys behaving badly, and essentially then challenging men to basically police other men and say, look, let's do better. Um, let's, you know, stop, you know, there were incidents of uh, what were supposed to be sexual harassment or boys fighting and things of that nature. And saying, hey, men, let's be better. And that's kind of sparked, well, a wave of, so there's been some backlash, there's been some uh, support, all sorts of stuff. So well, what, what are your initial thoughts on that? on that and even the uh you know kind of the conversations around i mean i love it i'm all for it 100 percent for it think it's a smart move by gillette um and the message is spot on right that manhood has been created around you know objectifying women and violence right so i'm all for something different i think it's right there obviously we could talk about it just being marketing and all that stuff that's what you know that's another conversation but i'm all for it what I find crazy is that there, how much backlash there is, though. They're saying, so there's 2 million views of this on YouTube in the first 48 hours, which is a heck of a lot of views, right? It currently has, and this is within a few hours of us recording, right? It has 23,000 likes. That's decent. But it's got 214,000 dislikes. And all the comments are negative. People trying to start a boycott against Gillette. But Why? I can't wrap my mind around why. Like, do you have insight in why? Like, are they that offended that they shouldn't be objectifying women and brawling? Like, is that what manhood is? Well, you know me. I'm not a big boycott guy in the first place, even though I do believe boycotts on the large scale can be effective. But, you know, I got to be, you know, pretty pretty passionate about something to boycott. Um, at least, you know, intentionally boycott. I can definitely go, you know, hey, look, I ain't rocking with y'all no more. I kind of keep moving. Um, but, you know, sometimes these folks get, you know, kind of real emotional about things and kind of go off the deep end. So, uh, you know, it's hard to say for sure. But, you know, look, I will push back a little bit. So I, I saw this and what came to mind to me was, you know, you, you'll read about um, times when, you know, some party or, or group will try to t- pass a bill, right, a legislative bill. Okay. It's like, yeah, you know, 95% of stuff is like, okay, yeah, cool, you know, this bill makes sense, whatever, and then they'll slide something in there. And then you're like, well, hold on, you know, and you'll, you'll kind of read about this, about some little, some, some clause in some bill, uh, you know, was causing problem or whatever. So as I watched it, 
you know, I'm like the general theme of like, yeah, you know, okay, yeah, men do better, or whatever, that's fine. But there were a couple, there were a couple things in there because you know the the commercials basically a number of like little vignettes and scenes um, about right. different situations, and you know it's definitely dramatized, right? Um, but there were a couple things I'm I'm, I'm questioning, will I'm questioning, and especially mm. you know in this climate, and there are a lot of men that feel like manhood and masculinity is under attack. And now I tend to agree with that on some level, but I believe it's more, you know, we kind of got these two sides of the aisle. Some people are saying this toxic masculinity is toxic and this, that, and the other. And, you know, basically we need to feminize the world. And there's others over here that are saying, you guys are trying to, you know, kill all masculinity and destroy masculinity. And we're going to push back on everything. So it's kind of like Democrat versus Republican, you know, when you just got two sides of the aisle. Okay. I tend to fall in the middle. I think it's very clear that uh, that there are many, many, many people, many, many groups that are essentially uh, uh, are pushing a narrative that masculinity is prob- is problematic in and of itself, and that the world would be a better place if we were more matriarchal, um, and we are really pushing you know these feminine traditional feminine traits way more than traditional masculine traits, right? And I think that's very real. And I also think it's very real that the reality is that men have dominated the world, um, that we have been in an extremely patriarchal society for a long time, and not patriarchal in in patriarchal, just like matriarchal doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing, but it's been a dominant oppressive thing, right? And so it's been clearly skewed <laughs> towards the dominance and the oppression and right. the silencing of women and the, the um, you know, objectification, all these things of women uh, to everyone's detriment, right? Um, but So I think there's some of both of that in play. But I think with the backlash, you're seeing a lot of people that are on the, you know, kind of the extreme side of the aisle of like, look, we're pushing back against anything that is seen as anti-male, I'm just saying, look, this is anti-male on some level, and we're so we're just done with it. When I look at it, I see I see nuance. I do agree. Hey, men, we need to do we need to do better. Hey, men, we need to stop you know objectifying women. We need to not treat them as objects. We need to not sexualize them. You know the, the way we do. Right. Hey, we right. need to not be promoting just want wanting violence like this. Um, however, I see other things. I'm, I'm questioning. I know I said that a while ago, but, you know, I was teasing you. Um, so, for instance, all right. Well, there was a scene where you have all the guys at the barbecue, and these two kids, two little boys are just fighting, right? And all these men are just standing around saying, ah, oh, boys will be boys. One, that's nonsense. I ain't never seen that happen in my life. Like, as men, we, like, I will say this. I believe that many men do understand or do subscribe to the belief that they are at some level, boys are aggressive and boys will fight from time to time right most men do not just sit there and watch boys fight over nonsense and just look and, and fold their arms and say yeah boys will be boys let's just sit here and watch this uh the, the, this boxing match <laughs> right like, right. like when, when you see two little boys fighting the majority of men i know will break up the fight right now what what you see happen oftentimes with the boys will be boys me as someone who has four sons and raise two other, uh, help raise two other young men as well. Uh, yeah, boys wrestle. Boys are aggressive. When they play with each other, they get physical. That is a natural thing. That's a natural male 
thing. You take two little boys that are three, four years old, and they, you know, they're playing. They don't always wrestle, but sometimes they'll get to wrestling around, and that's kind of how they play. Now, sometimes it will go a little too far, and they'll get to, like, actually get angry with each other, and then you break it up. You say, hey, hey, calm down, right? But we don't just sit there and watch boys scrapping <laughs> like, it's, like it's Roy Jones fighting, right? That's not a thing, right? It's one of those things that looks good on a commercial. That's not a real thing. And then they show, like, the line of dudes in the barbecue all holding, uh, all holding like, tongs standing in front of barbecue uh, uh, grills. There's, like, dozens of them, right? So I'm like, okay, so are we saying there's an issue with now? Maybe, like, I, I don't know. What are we trying to say with this, right? Yeah, I see. Well, all right, maybe it's dramatized a little bit, right? And it's supposed to be because the thing is bringing the point. I mean, 90, 90% of the commercial was about sexual assault, right? And then there was the few, that kind of ending scene, right? But I think it dramatizes well that we've connected masculinity with violence, even at all levels of that violence to, you know, little kids fighting. And then there's a bullying scene along with that, right? Like, I feel like those two things go together. So I feel like if you oppose the commercial, right? And I get that you're saying it is dramatized, right? It's supposed to be. It's, that's what it is. But I feel like if you oppose the commercial, the only thing you're arguing is that masculinity is defined by objectifying women and violence. Like, I don't feel like there's any way to oppose it. Well, yeah, not, and again, I'm not in opposition to the commercial. But right. I do think there is a, re- like, I think there's a reality here that violence or physicality is an aspect of masculinity, right? That like, well, let me say, well, maybe let me say it this way. Yeah. Uh, Masculine traits more often will lead to violence than feminine traits, right? And so when we look at, like, let's just look at the world in general, right? The world is these societies that are built. There's almost every society has a military or, um, authoritative arm that uses violence to mm. it's up to whatever purposes, right? Either to grow the society, protect the society, enforce the rules, whatever the case may be. So we have all acknowledged that on some level, violence is it, it is a part of society and a necessary part of society, right? That's why, like our, that's why police carry guns. That's why even in places where they don't carry guns, they carry batons. That's why every nation has a military, right? And so those things only exist for violent purposes, right? And we can say we use the violence for our, for specific means, but we're all saying violence serves a, serves a purpose and a role in society or the threat of violence, right? So then to say that, that well, we can't associate violence with masculinity and we got to take mas- the violence out of masculinity, what are we saying? Like, we can't have it both ways. We can't say violence serves a purpose in society, but, hey, men, we, like, we want you to erase all all aspects of violence from who you are how do those two things equate uh, unless unless you're a pacifist if you're all around pacifist you say hey look we shouldn't right. have we shouldn't have uh you know police we shouldn't have militaries we shouldn't have those things then okay cool but if you think those things serve a purpose then you can't also then turn around and say men you're bad because you know you 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 have the the, the tendency or the capability of violence within you uh, that, right. that, that doesn't align I mean, all right, so I see the logical argument, and to be fully transparent, I lean fully on the nonviolent side. I wouldn't say pacifist because I think that word's been used wrong, but I lean fully on the nonviolent side. But I would question, even if you, even if you say you're not on that and you say, you know, there's such thing as a just war and using violence, you know, police force, those type of things, right, mm-hmm. is 
almost like more often than not, we see violence used for, for evil means. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's different levels of this too. If we, if we're saying that, all right, maybe it's nece- if you could argue that just war, it's necessary there. Does that mean that is then necessary as a part of masculinity in terms of fighting in terms of like, I just don't see any type of fighting as having to be a masculine trait. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's what I see in the, like, I don't see that as a need for masculinity. Well, like, a I'll say like this. definition. I would say like this, and and maybe you know I'm wrong here, but what you see oftentimes is me, me, uh, This is me generalizing greatly, so feel free to disagree with me. You know, write us whatever. Let us know, especially <laughs> women, if you disagree with what I'm about to say. But what you see oftentimes is men. And really, it's more so young men, right? Most grown men, you know, you realize the consequences of, you know, acting violently and things of that nature. But especially as you're growing up, men often use violence on some level to settle differences, right? Settle disagreements. Boys will kind of fight, scrap it out, wrestle. You know, they get that out of, kind of get it out of their system on some level. And oftentimes, you know, especially if they're friends, they can move on or whatever. Even if they're not friends, you can kind of move on. Now, there's all sorts of other societal things that are going on right now. So, you know, we can get into like actual gun violence and all that stuff, but that's not what I'm talking about right now. Uh And the reality is, at least from, from my, what I've seen, women don't typically use it in the same way. If you know young women and whatnot growing up that fought, when they fought, they weren't friends and they weren't going to be friends afterwards. It was not like we're getting this out of our system. It was, we are fighting because we cannot come with like, we are clashing and yeah. there's no other solution here other than us to scrap. And then we're going our separate ways. Like, it's not like two friends just kind of scrapping it out and moving on. Right. So it's just kind of different in the way things go And I kind of, I agree with you. I'm not saying that physical violence is necessary, but the reality is that, men have that or young men is particularly kind of have that capability or um, they, they, they have that, I guess, capability. I can't think of another word I want to use for violence. And we try to use, get, get it out in productive ways. That's when we have physical sports like football, wrestling, right. you know, that's why boys wrestle and play with each other because they have that aggression within them. Right. Like that, that's a real thing. It's there. And so we can't say, Hey, that aggression that you have, now, because we've decided that as a society, we're, we're, you know, kind of going in a different direction. Now that aggression is completely wrong. What you can't say is, look, let's channel it in different places. We mm-hmm. can't say, hey, let's try to talk about what's appropriate and what's not. But to just act like, well, it's, it's, you're wrong and evil and you're, you're problematic because you have that aggression inside of you. That's where I think a lot of men are like, yo, like, this is just literally – kind of a thing that men possess, right? It's just that, not, and not all men, and it's different right. levels for everybody, right? Where, you know, not everybody's the same, but that just inner aggression, you know, you, it's there. And, and we can either do something with it or we can just demonize it. And I think a lot of times what's happening, especially, you know, in kind of the vocal minority and, you know, with, with feminists and all that, like people are demonizing the, the, the very existence of that aggression when we then on in other areas of society acknowledge its usefulness. Right? <laughs> like, Oh yeah. We like football. Oh yeah. We like MMA. Oh yeah. We like Greco Roman wrestling. Oh yeah. We like the fact, Oh yeah. Our, you know, praise our military. Oh yeah. Police are cool. But right. we also don't like male aggression. Like, how does that make sense? The, those things don't align. Yeah. Well, I, right, so I can see where you're talking about logic. Maybe we have to use a different word than violence. Um, even aggression. I have trouble with, I don't know. I just feel like, 
I feel like it's been too closely tied. Like I get, there's definitely a different physical power um, in some sense, right? That men, that male as a gender have, right? Mm -hmm. Which then can be used in different aggressive ways, right? And that's why sports are different. That's why those things are different, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But to so closely connect violence, um, even of the kids fighting type, um, to masculinity, I think is problematic, and I think, I think the commercial hits of that. I, like I'm, I'm still 100 for it. I get where you're saying. There's a lot. There people may not have the clear logic with it. I can I can say I have clear logic with it because I'm nonviolent on the other things. But I just hey, don't. Hey, but you're nonviolent. Look, let somebody threaten your wife while you're standing right there. Right you know? now, and I'm saying there's certain there's certainly up side of you. That's natural. Right. There's certainly nuance to it. Right. And I think there's other ways. Like, I think there's a lot more creative ways. I think we go to violence way too quick. But to connect violence itself, even if somehow for defense or some some reasons there's necessary of that, right? You're not the one uh, putting forth the violence in, in things of defense, right? But to connect, like, just like it's cool for us to duke it out, I don't know. I mean, I get what you're saying. But I'd also say that the commercial – again is 90 percent on sexual assault though there is that that little thing at the i end. mean look there was also the other part where you know the boys were chasing other boy down the street and you know trying to jump him, which is you know it's kind of wild but i mean again it's commercial uh, right yeah it's supposed to be dramatizing and, and then the guy goes and stops him and, and i guess part of my thing when i'm watching it, i'm like well this is the like do we really need it you know to be told that hey it's the good thing to do if you see you know a bunch of Boys chasing another boy down the street to try to—I don't know—it it, it was just a little goof. But there was one other thing, one other aspect of the commercial in terms of the male-female relationship that that I I question, right? Um, and this is something I've, I've, I've asked before, and I haven't had to deal with this. Look, I've been married. I'm on—it's almost ten years. I've been out the game for a while, right? So okay. I've definitely been out the game since you know the the cultural attitudes about you know how men and women essentially meet have changed, right? Okay. Um, so, you know, there was the one part where, you know, they were at the pool and the guy told the lady, he said, smile, sweetie, or something. The other guy said, that's not cool. And, you know, I, I actually learned a few years ago, you know, why, or heard some women, you know, essentially saying why it's so annoying, offensive, irritating when, you know, men say stuff like, you know, smile and things like that, right? So, you know, I, I was educated on, like, I don't know if that's something I did when I was in you know, my early 20s back when I was single. Um, but... Right. So I'm like, okay, cool. But then there was the one scene where uh, the guy's kind of posted up outside and a woman walks by and he starts to stand up to go talk to her. And this boy's like, hey, not cool, not cool, not cool, right? And that's what I'm like, okay. So, like, y'all tell me. Because, again, I ain't been in the game for a long time, right? But essentially what that's saying is, like, look, it's not cool for my man to go approach the woman he saw that I guess he found attractive, right? Go approach her and talk to her. And I've heard, you know, there was the controversy a little while ago um, when, uh, you know, the lady uh, released that video of her walking, uh, of, a, of a woman walking through New York City, I think it was, and all the men that, like, tried to talk to her. And there was a lot of real creepy, scary <laughs> stuff in there. But right. I remember it sparked a conversation about, you know, what is appropriate now. So, you know, for men who have traditionally been the ones that are supposed to do the seeking out of the woman you know uh, supposed to be the one to initiate contact with the woman i know that's changing now you know and it's a bit more um you know 50 50 
but you know, are are we at a place in society where we're saying, hey, men, you should not approach women, you know, on the street? Obviously, we talk about it in the workplace, right? Like, <laughs> like that sort right. of thing. But so I'm just like, so uh, is the only place people are supposed to meet now either online or when you're at some place like a bar or a club where I guess it's a known kind of understood thing that people are there to kind of meet each other? Like, what's the deal? So I mean, so I took that. I didn't take that scene that way. I didn't even think about it that way. Actually, I saw it as another instance of a guy objectifying a woman because he was going after her because of what he saw. He don't know nothing about her. So I, I mean, so I would question. Wait till he reads her thesis to decide if he likes her or not. Sure, sure. I mean, go go. <laughs> but I mean, look. All right. So, I mean, I don't know whether the male approaching female, those things, but like, come on now, who's meeting? Like in the streets, nobody's meeting for a, a legit relationship, right? Like nobody. I don't know. If you have, reach out to me. I'm just like, I don't see any legitimate reason why if I'm in the streets, right? If I was single and some chick walks by and I'm like, I'm about to go holler at her. Like that's, I don't see that as like a legitimate like, I don't see a good legitimate relationship coming out of that, right? I mean, well, only reason like, when I was coming up, that I mean, that's kind of – now, granted, you know, I was young, I was a teenager, whatever. Right. But, I mean, again, I'm just saying, like, I, I don't know the rules because I ain't in the game, you know? Like, uh, so are we – so I, I just asked the question of, like, when are we crossing the line, you know, right? Like, yeah. when, when is it, like, where are the spaces? And, again, this is a thought exercise for me. But where are the spaces that then where men and women are supposed to meet? Are we saying it's only okay when um, it's on particular terms? You know what? You know, and we talk about objectifying. I mean, if you find somebody attractive, is that you know a bad thing? Right. <laughs> you know, that's gonna kind of the first thing you're gonna notice about somebody. You know, if you meet them, is you know whether you initially find them attractive or not. Um, obviously, there's more to that person than that. Um, right. You know, but that's kind of how that goes. That's why we have attraction. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's that's kind of how that thing works. I mean, um, yes, certainly you can. I'm not saying like you can't admire a woman's beauty in that sense, right, of attraction. But I think you're right. I, I don't know exactly how this is, but there's got to be there's just appropriate spaces or not. And running up on a chick walking in the street is not an appropriate space in my mind. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. So if you're uh, standing at the line in the grocery store, and, you know, somebody's standing behind you and you strike up a conversation, is that okay? No, striking up a conversation, like, that's a little different. But, like, if if a chick walks by me uh-huh. on the streets, now I'm married too, so I, I'm out the game as well. But I'm saying if that was the case, right, mm-hmm. and a chick walks by me in the street, that's different than we happen to be in the same location you know, waiting for something and we strike up a conversation. I'm literally going after her on the only premise that I thought she looked good or I'm really desperate for a date or something. Like, it just doesn't seem like a good way to define building relationship as a man. I, and maybe maybe I'm wrong, but – and I didn't take that scene that way. I took it as him checking her out like I'm about to, you know – Go like something leading to sexual assault. I found the commercial I was trying to depict that. Oh, wow. That's that's deep. <laughs> that that that's that's a deep read on that one. Um, no, nah, man. I mean, so like I said, this, these are thought exercises for me. But I, I think it goes to the larger point that you know we're in an interesting point of society where it may maybe I'm wrong, you know. But it seems like there is it's unclear of kind of how this male female relationship is supposed to go. <laughs> you know, like where they're supposed to start. Who's like. 
and we could talk for hours and hours about this, but, yeah, you know, okay. it's, it's like, you know, we, we're still a generation where, you know, we are raised on TV shows, movies, entertainment, which, you know, a lot of times are nonsense, but just kind of the idea that, you know, hey, man, you know, if you like a woman, you know, you pursue her, we hear, oh, she turned him down five, ten times before she accepted date, not have been married for 80 years, you know, <laughs> like, like that whole thing. And so, and, you know, not only just being persistent, but just, you know, hey, if you're into a woman, if you like a woman, it's kind of on you to then go and pursue that woman. And then, there, but we're now in the kind of modern era where it's, no, you need to make sure you respect that woman's boundaries. But I know I've even had conversations, you know, back, you know, a while back with my wife in terms of the, the dichotomy about that, because, you know, again, we're in this changing time. So there may be women that still like the idea of, you know, a man showing interest and showing persistence in terms of like, hey, like I really, you know, it's kind of like when, when you're applying for a job or something, like being persistent has always been kind of seen as a good thing. But when male-female relationships come into play, now there's there's a line and now, you know, maybe we don't know where that line is, where it goes from, hey, you're being persistent and you're showing true interest in this person that you're not just going to give up, you know, when things get hard at the drop of a dime. And then you cross that line into you were told no and you are now, you know, harassing somebody that has said that they're not interested in you. Or they haven't responded to whatever um, signals or, you know, whatever the case may be. And so it's just interesting. So I, me, if I was in the game, you know, like, like I feel like I would lean on the side of like, hey, if I if I say hello and you don't respond, it's all right. Or if I ask you out and you say no, then I, I, I guess that's it, right? <laughs> I'm not being persistent because I ain't like that. It's it. You know, right. I'm going to err on the side of caution there. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I don't know. Is that what women want? I don't I mean. Yeah, we could, and we could talk about this for a while, but I think a lot of that, like, I don't think there's something wrong with being pursuing a woman in that sense, right? But um, culturally, it's been a pursuit that's based off of objectifying a woman. I think that's what the commercials try to get at, right? Is that, like, you're striking up conversation often based, like, I'm not saying this is what it is, but I think it's what the commercial is trying to depict, is you're often striking it up based off of, physical looks like you're treating you know and i think that's why i saw with that i push back on that right there as being objectification you know uh, okay. in terms of like i'm attracted to you so i want to talk to you well i'm not right. saying i'm not saying that like you can't be attracted to a person so i want to talk to you certainly that's not the case because that's just part of how this thing works i'm right. saying the way that we approach and talk to women is often centered around that right so that you could be attracted to boys only want women. one thing Right, right. That's what I'm saying. So it's like you can be attracted to a woman and pursue a woman, but how are you treating her? What are you actually talking about? What does that pursue? So the question is, what are you what are you pursuing her for? A relationship or just physical? Yeah, what are you pursuing her for? And how are you pursuing her? Here's the flip side: is or the interesting. We are now also in a in a point of society where the idea of casual sex is way more prevalent than it ever was. The idea of hey, look, women get theirs too. And women can can go out there and have a one night stand too is way more prevalent than ever before. So while we're saying okay, we don't want to objectify and have men pursue women for the sole purposes of sex, we're also then saying hey hey women, it is not it is it is cool for you it is cool cool for y'all to also pursue pursue men for the sole purpose of sex, right? So it's like we're we're giving these yeah, two kind of opposite. Things and they would say men don't objectify women, but women don't feel like you got to be put in that box. Uh, you know, you have to be pure and all those sorts of things. So go get yours. But men, 
you got to wait until they come to you. You know what I'm saying? So, well, and that you're hitting the point. point. You're hitting it clear. A whole nother thing where it's just that's the extreme hypocrisy of the very extreme feminist movement, right? And that's the hypocrisy of society that's going to worship sex, but then, you know, blame the results of that culture, right? right? Which is where men and women are acting these ways with each other all the time, right? So you're right. You're hitting the nail on the head. There's something wrong with it. Um, I don't know. I, I forgot. Yeah. I was going to say something else about the commercial, but I forgot. Anyways, look, we, we got we to gotta cut that out. That, that can be like a four-part series right there. It really could. We, I think we need to bring... We need to bring uh, some women in to give more insight into kind of definitely. how this conversation goes further. Definitely, because we can definitely get a lot of angry emails and, and, and messages from women disagreeing with, with me, which is cool because, again, I'm just spitballing here. I don't know. I ain't in the dating game these days, so um, I couldn't tell you what you know what single women want because I'm not pursuing approach <laughs> and talking to single women romantically <laughs> at this point. Right. So, so that's right. why I'm just asking questions, you know? Um, yeah, we'll have to pursue it. We'll have to get some women on pursue this thought in a deeper manner. Most definitely. Most definitely. But so look, that was, you know, we'll move on from that. Um, and there was one other thing I know we want to talk about. We need to talk about, bro. We have to talk about, I don't even know how much time we got left. Will, but because I ain't timing this right now, like I normally do, but we got to talk about it because it's been all over the place. And quite frankly, we're probably a little bit late talking about it. And that's about your boy, R. Dot, R. Kelly. Mm-hmm. Robert Kelly, Ara, the Pie Piper, and all this stuff that's been going on with him. I'm assuming you know, right? <laughs> and if you don't know, pause this and Google the Lifetime documentary has been coming, came out uh, about R. Kelly surviving R. Kelly and not only covering his, you know, sexual deviancy and and um, pursuit of young girls for years and years and years and years and years, but also the, the just sick twisted nature of his relationships in terms of keeping women like locked away, um, alienated from their families, all sorts of stuff. Um, so this has been all over the, the kind of the news and the social sphere. Will, um, it's just been all over, man. Have, have you watched the documentary? Uh, I have not because uh, I don't I don't necessarily feel the need to because I feel like this I don't know I feel like this has been known now maybe it reveals m- more grotesque details of it but R. Kelly is the result of a what we just talked about a super sexualized culture he's the extreme of that in my opinion and it's been I feel like that's been known like I just don't I don't know yeah uh, yeah it's it's funny, you know, I went to school at DePaul University uh, in Chicago. Um, and so I I remember um, hearing stories like from pe- from women and, 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 uh, and men uh, that grew up in the area, that grew up in Chicago, telling stories about R. Kelly and his love for young girls. There were girls telling me uh, about, you know, when he tried to holler at them or their friends, like, look, it was some years ago, so my memory's a little bit fuzzy. But them or their friends or their cousins or their sisters, the people they knew, uh, people talking about R. Kelly being outside their high school. People talking about, yeah, you know, we knew this girl at our school that was uh, messing with R. Kelly and all. Like, this is not just a couple people, right? So at least in the Chicago area, like, this was a well-known thing. At least his love for underage girls was a well-known thing, right? And now, and from way from the way way back, 
me personally, I've been on this anti-R. Kelly tip, right? Um, mainly because when I moved to Chicago, people started calling me Kells. And I was like, yeah, don't call me Kells because uh, <laughs> I ain't like that dude, you know. He, right. you know, Especially once I realized, you know, he uh, married Aaliyah at 14 or 15 and then right. uh, wrote her an album called AJ Nothing But A Number. And I was like, yo, this dude is sick. We can't rock with him. <laughs> You know what I mean? Right. Um, at the time. But, I'm, again, I'm not going to be holding in and out and act like I, at the time, or even, you know, moving forward, I didn't still listen to his music. Because I did. You know, I, you know, R. Kelly was, you know, R. Kelly music was a huge part of R&B and then hip-hop throughout the, the 90s and the early 2000s. It was yeah, just, true. it just was. It was all over the place. He was dropping a new single, you know, or collaborate with somebody. You could listen to couldn't listen to the radio without hearing something from R. Kelly all the time. You know, you could like, you couldn't listen to your favorite rapper album without R. Kelly popping up on there at some point. Like that's just the reality. So yeah, we all listen to R. Kelly. I I certainly did. I said he was trash. I said he was garbage. But I was still listening to the music. You know, and not that I was going out buying his albums, but it's like yo, the R. Kelly like you know, I'm at a wedding. Stepping the name of love comes on. I'm still stepping. You know, <laughs> you know, I like that's just kind of what it was, and I didn't always think about it. Um, and so, with this, you, with this coming out, I think what it serves to do is, I mean, because everybody knew he, put, you know, he had the case with the with the young girl, right? And you kind of like you don't blow it off, but you're like, man, that's messed up. That's twisted. That's sick. And you kind of keep it moving, but then you learn how insidious the whole thing was, you know, mm-hmm. like how planned this was. And, and, and especially when you learn about how, you know, would take these girls and fly them to Chicago and basically put them up in the studio and not let them talk to anybody and just come in and use them for sex and then leave and come in and use them for sex and leave. And just, just the, the sick and twisted way that he just kind of kept these, all these different women and young girls locked away. Um, and he prayed on these younger, like, once you hear all that, it's just like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can't, I can't rock with it. Well, and, well, and you've watched the documentary, right? At least parts of it? Yeah, I saw the first two episodes. Oh, it's like a docu-series, that's right. Yeah, there's like six of them, um, I think. Six, uh, six or seven. And, you know, it was, uh, about a year ago, a year or two ago, the article came out, um, uh, with one of these young ladies and her, basically her parents were trying to find her and they hadn't seen her in however long, year, two years and were trying to track her down and they knew that she was with R. Kelly and she wouldn't communicate with him and basically he had her like hidden away as a prisoner and so there was this big article in I don't remember the name of the publication or which publication it was now about that and that's when my eyes were kind of open and then watching even the first two episodes you hear stories about, you know, him getting this 16-year-old girl and basically keeping her almost locked away as a sex slave and can't talk to anybody. And another girl that he has doing all sorts of things and is making her, uh, you know, have threesomes with, other, with another girl. And, you know, she thinks this other girl is, you know, 16, 17. Like her and find out, no, this other girl's 14. And, <laughs> and another, you know, young lady who got mono from R. Kelly was turned into something else, which had her in the hospital paralyzed for two weeks. And all he did was never show up and then write her mom a check for $1,000. And then supposedly writes, um, you are not alone for Michael Jackson about her. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and so now you're like, okay, even in the music, 
Like, I keep hearing in my mind, you know, and stepping on the name of love, and he always goes, I know it's somebody's birthday tonight, you know, <laughs> and I know somebody's making love. And I'm like, you were probably singing this to some 14, 15-year-old girl you had locked up in a hotel somewhere. Like, you know, you might have been writing this song because it was her birthday, you know, because apparently he's writing songs about his, his life and his activities. Like, yo, yeah. man, I can't do it no more. Yeah, that's, that's next level disgusting. I don't even know what to say about it. It's just, which is the other reason why I don't even want to watch the documentary because it's like I already know this dude crazy. I just, it's just too disgusting for me, man. I don't know. See, it's crazy. And the, the sad thing is, like, R. Kelly's obviously uber talented, even though I I was always one to say, like, yo, R. Kelly's voice kind of sucks low key, just like Mary J. Blige can't sing. <laughs> <laughs> but but <laughs> okay. Okay. No, I'm coming strong in the paint with that one. I don't care. Um, <laughs> but he's clearly like ridiculously talented when it comes to making music. Mm-hmm. And you look at, you know, this is somebody who people saw these tendencies early on. They should have got him help. Like mm-hmm. if he'd have got if he'd have got some help, some therapy, some something like from the very beginning. You know how many lives are not ruined because of this? Because I don't want to make this just about R. Kelly. It's about the lives that he ruined. Like, you know how many young girls are not damaged for life because of him? Yeah. You know? And and the reason I was going here in the first place because I keep thinking about, you know, the art versus the artist and we separate the two and all that. And I'm like, man, you know, somebody could have – my first thought, honestly, this is terrible. My first thought was like, man, if someone got him help, him help you know, then people could – still get the music without, you know, all the other nasty, all the other crap that, you know, he did. But the reality is it's not even about him. It's about the people that hurt. And he was just enabled for so long. Yeah. You know, for, for it to be an open secret in the city of Chicago, you know, right. for so long, it's like we just enabled him to damage and prey on these guys. Nah, and that's where, that's where you're hitting the key, though, is just like a failure of the community he was supposed to be accountable for that let him continue, like... How many years has this been? You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, it's been since the early '90s, right? So you're talking about like 30 years? Dang, the early '90s was that long ago? Yeah, dude. Oh, you get no, Kellen. Like, think oh, about it, man. Oh, bro. Woo. So you're talking yeah, about like enabling this dude for almost 30 years, right? To prey on who knows how many young girls. So it's like that's that's a huge failure on whoever was supposed to be in his life. And checking them, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, man, and it's 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 terrible. And, you know, it, it, what's interesting too is you know the controversy coming around it, uh, or that is around it. There's a lot of people that have you know still supported R. Kelly somehow. I don't know. I really don't know how you can come out and say no. We still uh, support R. Kelly. Like, I, I I can understand saying like, look, he's a terrible person. I enjoy the music. You know, if you're somebody that can separate the two. Okay, and, you know, we've talked about this with football, how I, I'm a fan of, you know, I don't moralize my entertainment, at least in terms of the creators of the entertainment. I try not to um, because it's, it's, it's a rabbit hole that you can go down. Um, but when it's in my face, you know, <laughs> like, right. and that's a different thing, you know. Um, it, it, I, now I can't separate the two because I hear the music and I think of the artist and I think of the artist's actions, right? Right. Um, well, I've heard that I've heard some people are against it because they see it as a form of um, lifetime and those creators trying to take down 
a successful black man. Uh, and they haven't done that with other sexual predators who've been white. And there may be, there's definitely some truth that white people get away with a lot of stuff. Like we just, you know, Brock Turner and all those, you know, rapes a girl and gets a slap on, like all those things. Right. But that doesn't change what R. Kelly does. Right. It just. Right. And I, and I think that, so there's truth to that. Cause I know, so my first initial reaction when the, I heard about the Lifetime series was, I was like, yeah, look, I'm not really here for Lifetime doing this. Right. right. To me, it was like, at the time, and I've actually have since looked and I'm like, Lifetime is actually doing some more things geared towards more diverse audiences than I realized. But at the time, I was really like, yo, this ain't your lane. Like, to me, right. that was like, you know, country music television, you know, making a uh, a documentary on Biggie or something. I'm like, what are y'all doing? You know, so I was like, look, okay. I'm all for taking down R. Kelly, but Lifetime ain't the people to do it, right? Especially because I did, you know, I, this is like, look, y'all need to take down Woody Allen and Louis C.K. and all these guys. Exactly. Let, let, let's worry, no, that, that's more along the lines of your audience, right? Not R. Kelly. But, you know, since then I've kind of come around on that a little bit. But I do think there is a reality that, look, we, we've been hearing about, you know, since Me Too started, we've been hearing about some of these, um, you know, celebrities or famous people. And the two that have basically gotten the most flack were Bill Cosby and R. Kelly. Now, mm-hmm. you couldn't make the argument that Bill Cosby and R. Kelly are both more famous than Louis C.K., you know, or Harvey Weinstein, <laughs> you know? And so that, that made me laugh. Yeah. yeah, but still, it's like those are the two that have basically gotten, you know, targeted from all areas of the media and say, yeah, 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 we're going to bring you down. Um, and so, you know, I you know, I can definitely see that being questionable. Um, but that doesn't change the fact that R. Kelly is still the trash human being. Right, um, right. That's what I'm saying. So it's like, I completely get it. Let's take them all down. But that doesn't mean support R. Kelly and say it's all good because of the lack of accountability across the board right it's like yeah. i might not support lifetime but i'm definitely not going to support r kelly <laughs> you know what right, i mean right I yeah, say, look, lifetime, yeah i want y'all to do something different but r kelly's not getting a pat on the back for me um right. uh but i uh, you know another aspect of this i've seen is uh some people get i've gotten mad when um you know i think like keisha cole and a couple other people said like look what's up with these parents here um you know, like, why are they letting their girls do this? And, you know, I don't know the circumstances of all the victims uh, of, R. Kelly, of R. Kelly's, right? Uh, of all of the women that and young girls that he um, damaged and abused, right? Um, if I had to guess, I would guess that many of them probably come from, some, you know, kind of broken situations where there's not as much parental guidance as there should be in the first place. But there was, you know, there were a couple situations where, um, you know, the parents were kind of around and kind of allowed their daughter into that situation. And, you know, I think it's just a reminder that, look, as parents, we need to make sure we're protecting our kids, our sons and our daughters and our sons. You know, uh, we need to protect them. It's our job. Like, kid, kids are kids. Like, in the, way, in the way our society is built now, we basically say, you're not adults, you're 18. And so with responsibility and all those sorts of things, 16-year-olds are 16-year-olds. Maybe 300 years ago, 16-year-olds were supposed to be, you know, adults and raising kids and all of that stuff, and they had different expectations. But today, 16-year-olds are still kids, and they still do dumb stuff. Right? Right. So we can't expect them to have those antennas up, those guards up. We can't expect them to be able to protect themselves 
in those situations. And so, yeah, as I think parents do need to, you know, just like as a parent, if your kid is, you know, game banging or selling drugs or, or robbing stores or, you know, joy, you know, whatever it is, if your kid ends up doing that, there's some level of responsibility you hold. And, you know, kids are going to do what they're going to do on some level. But, you know, we hold some level of responsibility for um, the situations that we allow our kids to be in. So, you know, I definitely, you know, you know, it's not, it's, <clears throat> excuse me, it's not victim blame, but it's just a reminder that, yo, <clears throat> we need to protect our children, especially around these celebrities because a lot of these folks are sick. Yeah, no, that's real. I'm, I mean, I think that goes back to the larger responsibility of the community to both hold cats accountable who are in some mess and protect those who are powerless, who have less power in that system. Like, we need to think more robustly on how we're going to do that as communities because there's a lot of this stuff going around and obviously when famous people get a lot of power mm-hmm. you know cast just hand them over uh so it, yeah i don't know we gotta we gotta change some of that We're, the way power dynamics work community has more power i think if we come together on right. a lot of those things you especially, know especially because you know there has been you know talked to about you know how these victims are black women you know young black girls yeah and, um the way our society doesn't value uh, black women and young black girls, and I think that's definitely true. Although, like this, this whole thing, it, you know, I think about it more along the lines of kind of what you said. Well, in terms of, you know, society, we need to rally. You know, we should have rallied around and, and you know, did something or stood up or whatever. And I, I, I honestly don't know if this is so a situation where so much because we don't care about young black girls. Which not that I'm saying I'm do <laughs> as a society, right. but I think it might have been less about that, more about the celebrity aspect of thing. I do mm-hmm. think as a society we do not value young black. Like, look, I've seen I've been to too many grocery stores and seen too many pictures on the wall of missing people and realized like, yeah, why are there so many young black women, you know, on this wall, mm-hmm. especially in proportion to wherever we are? And I've noticed that I've talked about it before. But like for some reason, it certainly seems like I don't have the numbers, but I seem it seems like I'm always seeing young black women missing when we talk about these missing reports. So there's something, there's something to that, and I certainly believe that in terms of the search for search for justice, and getting the you know get police departments involved, that they are getting the short end of the stick. Um, right. I do think this situation was a bit more about the celebrity of R. Kelly. Um, they're just people not caring about the girls and not caring about the victims. Um, and I've even look, I've, I've even seen uh, people say this, and I think it's there's some truth to it. That like, look, and I, I don't, I don't know if this is true throughout all communities, but I know when I was growing up, there was kind of always the element of you would see older dudes talking to younger girls. You know, like I still remember when I was in high school. Uh, you know, I still remember this one dude came up to the school to bring some flowers to his girlfriend, who was like a junior or something in our school. And this dude was in his twenties; he was a grown man. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, like he was a young man; he's probably like 21, 22. But yeah. we like, you know, we like, why are you bringing, you know, this whole stuff up here, whatever, you know? But like, that's kind of always been a thing. Like these older dudes kind of talk to these younger girls, you know. And a lot of times, you know, we would paint it as. Or be paid as you know, girls say, "Well, I don't like these high school boys. I like older guys, and this, that, and the other." And we would talk about the news, you know. But at the same time, like there was some, some there was some aspect of like, "Well, she looked wrong," you know. So, I mean, I guess we, you know, we we understand why dudes trying to talk to them. But that element was kind of always there. 
And so even in terms of like people freaking out about the older guy, younger girl thing, like I think that, you know, I've seen people say like, well, you know, that might've been part of why people didn't freak out, which, you know, I might've understood initially, but like once, I, once dude is in the thirties and he's talking to 14 year old girls, like you can't write, you can't shake that off. There's one thing if he's 22, <laughs> Talking to a senior in high school, right? right. <laughs> like we know people, you know, that are twenty six and meet a twenty three year old and get married and keep it moving, right? Or twenty six and date a twenty two year old. But you know, when this man is in his thirties and forties and he's talking to teenage girls, like I don't that that excuse then kind of goes by the wayside. So yeah, it's next level questionable. I yeah, I don't know. I ain't got nothing else to say about it. <laughs> oh, you can't just die on me. You can't I mean, it's just like, yeah, it just, I don't know. It's one of those things that really has shaking your head, you know? Um, yeah. And, and this is stuff I didn't tell much later, you know, I was, I was younger when a lot of the early stuff was popping off. So I didn't fully understand it. I just knew he sung, I believe I could fly and I like space jam. So it's like, you know, it didn't, those are things I didn't realize till much later in the, R. Kelly thing, but it's, I don't know, it's something, man. So, it's, so, you guys, so, can you still listen? I believe I can fly. When it comes on, do you got to turn it off? I, I mean, I haven't listened to it in a long, long time. I'm saying, I, if, it, if it comes on, I don't know. I, I'm gonna try not to. I ain't thought about it really, because uh, I really ain't heard that song in a good minute. But I'm gonna turn it off. I mean, I'm it's right in front of you, you know what I mean? I don't know. I can't support it. And I'm, yeah, I'm more extreme than you in that. I like to. You know, no, I'm just asking. I'm, I'm just asking, like, because that—that's when we when it comes down to the art stuff. It's that's where it always comes around. Like, yeah, Harvey Weinstein's a monster. Like, do do if we see a movie that we know was produced by him or whatever, do we turn it off? Yeah, you I know? mean, in my mind, if I have any knowledge of, you know, moral corruption of any type in in my entertainment, I'm a, I'm gonna turn it off. You know if what I mean? Know, if you know about it. If I know about it, which is like, like you said, like it's a map. It's probably tons of it we don't know about, or tons right. of it we just ain't done enough research about. Um, and half the time, I don't even know who produces what, so maybe I need to be a little bit more uh, conscious about those things. But yeah, I'm not down for it. Uh, he's still getting stream money, so I'm, <laughs> I'm not down for it. Yeah, yeah, that look a whole other conversation would be like we we act like our right like me and entertainers a right that we have, you know, and yeah, it's kind of like well how how dare our entertainment be tainted? We have the the right to this entertainment, and if and if we're not getting it in a clean, you know, you know, easy to consume package, then we get kind of pissed off about it, <laughs> you know. But ultimately, it's just entertainment. I don't know. That's interesting. That's a whole other conversation. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. We'll have to we'll chop that one up, but we we coming to the end of time. We're coming to the end of time. Kelly, you got any, any closing words for the people of the wild, wild world? Hamburger. Yikes. That's a bad way. <laughs> That's a bad way to end, bro. Hamburger. Just that that tells you the state of our country. Just remember that word. And then you know what? Welcome to America. Welcome hey, you know, that, that reminds me of that old Saturday Night Live sketch when uh, they had uh, George W. Bush on there and they asked him one word to describe something. Look, he says strategery. Strategery. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and our real life president came up with a better one hamburger. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, literally, real life is turned into Saturday Night Live skit, man. That's no joke. That's Fun times we live in. No joke, but. It's been another episode of the Wild Wild World. You know where to yeah. catch us. KingdomDreamer.com. 
catch us on the Twitters. And we got an exciting podcast coming for you next week. So uh, be ready for our special guest. Um, you yes, won't want to yes. miss it. You won't want to miss it. We won't tell you yet. We'll let it be a little surprise, but good stuff coming away. Same wild world, same wild channel. Yep. Y'all know where we at. Uh, review. Give us those stars. Whatever you do. I think it's like hard on Spotify. Give us all the love you can. We appreciate it. And uh, let's chop it up. Feel free to engage in conversation. You know where to find us. So mm-hmm. another episode, Wild Wild World. We'll see you yep. later. Peace. Peace. This has been another episode of the Wild Wild World podcast. Make sure you support us, KingdomDreamer.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at KingdomXDreams. Show some love, subscribe, rate, review. We'll see you next time.